Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Live from Studio 6B on Real America's Voice on a Friday night. Welcome to the show. Live on uh, Dish Network Channel 219, Pluto TV Channel 240, 1029 on Samsung TV Plus. You can check that out, of course, if you're a Samsung product owner. Also, the Roku channel. You can find us uh, on all the socials and especially on our brand new Internet home, live from Studio6B.com, where you can go there, check out past clips from the show. You can check out the new, uh, Just the News links, uh, check out the past crazy towns, what even is that? And, uh, of course, join us on the chat every night when we are live. You know what? And I think... Don't get me don't, don't don't hold me to this, but I think people actually do chat when the show is off. Like I think you guys are like super super uh, into the chat, which I, which I love. I love the fact that we have a chat dedicated for the show because you know trying to rely on uh, uh, on other entities for this thing, um, you know, takes it out of our hands, and, and then of course we end up getting shut down, which which was uh, which was very annoying. <laughs> but uh, welcome to the show, David Zier, sitting in for Paul Nolan. David, how are you? You? I'm uh, fantastic. I'm fantastic. We're all uh, in this uh, emotional cycle of crazy uh, news in the world. Uh, we're trying to hang in there, but uh, we have got a great show for you tonight. So stick in, stick with us. Okay? Yeah. And, and of course, as always, Slick Rick doing sports. Rick, uh, give us a little preview of what you got going on besides that really cool jacket. Thanks, Rick. Uh, well, we got a Friday night rodeo from the state of Washington. Major upset in the U.S. Open. Just went final a few minutes ago. 18-year-old man with a big upset. And we also have a report on the PGA Championship round two earlier today. All right. So we look forward to that. And uh, we also have to wish you a very big a happy birthday, Mr. Amirati. Thank you, sir. Oh, happy yeah, birthday. So much. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Do, can I, am I allowed to sing that, G, or are we going to get in trouble? Drop my mouse. <laughs> Sorry, I think happy they birthday, actually Rick. cleared the copyright on that uh, a right. few years ago because the copyright holders only had the license to one performance. So I think you can actually do happy birthday now. All right. Happy birthday to you. Thank happy you, birthday to you. Happy birthday, Slick Rick Amirati. Happy birthday to you. Thank you. Thank you. Tommy Viper asked me, how does it feel to be 21? I says, I can't remember the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> well, very good. And, uh, you know, I, I was talking to the guys before we came on. And um, 
I was like, you know what? It's a Friday. It's a holiday weekend, right? And it's like, we should have a light show and fun show. And then, then, then you kind of start looking around. It's like, well, what are we going to talk about? Well, the, the, the world still seems to be burning, burning down uh, as it has been all week. So there's, there's not much of a lightness to it. We'll, we'll use uh, Rick's birthday to help lighten the mood. Maybe we'll, we'll delve into the Wednesday's version of Crazy Town that G put together. That will be something to put people into a good mood. And, uh, you know, David turning off his uh, cell phone, uh, that'll put me in a good mood. <laughs> that was our Skype guest for 8.30 calling us uh, early to test. Yeah, so. we do have a couple guests tonight. First up at 8.30, her name is Laura Thomas. She's a, uh, let's see, she's county commissioner for Douglas County in Colorado with an interesting thing that they're doing out there regarding mass. So we'll talk to her. We've also got, uh, who's coming up at 9.30 there, David? Uh, 9.30, we got Jeff Correa from Ringside Politics. Uh, he's been... Um, without power for a couple of days already in Louisiana, 900,000 people still without power. People are questioning where's Biden, where's FEMA, where's food. And um, he will be giving us a report from the front lines. Um, so he lives in Louisiana and uh, it's been brutal. Yeah, and again, that's going to be happening at 9.30, so we'll, we'll look forward to that interview as well. Uh, we've got a bunch of, bunch of stuff to get to today, including more, more of the insanity that's coming out of Australia. We started with it a little bit last night. We'll continue that. We've also got some more school board stuff, of course. You know, school board, schools are getting kicked in. Lots of things are happening. And uh, we've also got some Joe Biden. You know what? Let's start out with Joe Biden because, let's face it, when it, come, when it comes to Sleepy Joe... You know, everybody's like, well, you know, he's 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 slow and he's old. He doesn't seem that slow lately. Uh, he really seems like there's a little giddy app in his step, especially the last. I think I think G pointed out like the last five times he's been at a podium. And as soon as he's done talking, um, it's it's like it's like he's he's got like eight Red Bulls in him and he's off. He's like, well, I got to tell you, uh, I didn't agree with much that he said in the speech today, but it was a good speech and it was written really well. And he was he was good. Um, so. All right. Well, speaking of that speech, let's go yeah. to that right here. Let's see how he uh, he ties that up. Um, yeah. Cut number three. One question on abortion rights in Texas, sir. What would be your message to women in Texas and what can your administration do to protect abortion rights on a federal level? I'm late for going down. I'm going to talk about these things from Louisiana. But uh, <laughs> um, I have been, continue to be a strong supporter of Roe v. Wade. Number one. <laughs> and uh, the most pernicious thing about the Texas law is sort of creates a vigilante system where people get rewards to go out to anyway. To and what? it Finish just seems thought. I know this sounds ridiculous, almost un-American what we're talking about. Not the debate about I under I respect people who think that who don't support Roe v. Wade. I respect their views. I respect them, they, those who believe life begins at the moment of conception and all. I, I respect that. But Don't you're a Catholic. I respect that. I'm not going to impose that on people. But what I was told, and I must tell you, I am not certain. I was told that there are possibilities within the existing law to have the Justice Department look and see whether are there things that can be done that can limit the 
independent action of individuals and enforcing a federal system, a, a, a state law. I don't know enough to give you an answer yet. I've asked that to be checked. Thank you all very much. Got to go. 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 Got to go right now. He didn't address Afghanistan. That was a big mistake. But the rest of the speech, I thought, was coherent. And he's giving the left a lot of ammo now to say, look, he's in control. Again, I don't agree with any of the agenda. And he is the liar in chief. One hundred percent. Right. We're going to talk about the story for yes. Tree of Life. Right. Well, we might as well talk about it now since we are talking about, uh, you know, the the uh, liar in chief, as, as you so eloquently pointed out, uh, because I guess he went ahead and, uh, you know, mentioned something about the synagogue. And I have the story right here real quick. Uh, President Biden. This is from The New York Post. President Biden did not even though he said he visited the Tree of Life Synagogue in Pittsburgh after the murder of 11 congregants. Um, He did not visit that synagogue. Despite saying so, the White House finally admitted earlier today, Biden on Thursday told Jewish leaders that he remembered spending time. He remembered it. So it must be true. He's spending time and going to the Tree of Life. But the synagogue told the Post that visit never happened. Nearly 24 hours after being asked about the discrepancy, The White House finally, an official said in the statement that Biden was referring to a call he had with the Tree of Life rabbi in 2019. Really? Can we see a record of that call? Because uh, I'm going to call BS on the call as well. I don't think he I don't think he of course, we know he never visited. I don't think there was a phone call. I don't even think he acknowledged it. Well. Listen, he stole Neil Kinnock, the head of the British Labour Party speech during his presidential race in, I think, 88. He's a plagiarist. He also claimed he was arrested in South Africa uh, trying to get to see uh, Nelson Mandela on Robbins right. Island. But he was not arrested. He lied about that. He lies about everything. And Trump went there to the Tree yeah. of Life synagogue. Matter of fact, he went there. I think uh, Pompeo was with him on that trip and a few other people's, his daughter and Jared Kushner as well. As a matter of fact, uh, if you don't believe me, here it is. Uh, it's his words, not ours. You can hear it for yourself. This is cut number one. G, go. I remember spending time at the, you know, uh, go, going to uh, the, uh, you know, the Tree of Life Where? Synagogue, speaking with the man. It just, it just is amazing these things are happening. <laughs> <laughs> What's amazing is that you're, you're saying that, and, and he's actually, he, you, maybe he did. Maybe he did visit the Tree of Life Synagogue in his head, but he didn't do it in real life. Well, listen, when you're a congenital liar, you don't remember the last lie you told, kind of like Hillary right. and Bill. But, but what's interesting, too, and I was, listening to, uh, I was listening to a little bit of Fox News on the radio today as I'm driving around, and one of the commentators are like, you know, uh, Biden's been, uh, you know, they talk about spreading falsehoods. I'm like, what? It, it, no, when someone, when you catch someone in a fall, flat out lie, do you say, you know what, honey, I saw you with that person? Do you say, uh, and that person says, no, you didn't. Do you say that's a falsehood or do you call them a liar? I'm sorry, but you, you, you can't just, you can't just, you know, paint a nice little picture of, well, he's spreading a falsehood because it lessens the blow of, of calling someone basically a liar. Don, Don Lemon on CNN recently did the same thing. And he was talking about, you know, how, uh, I think he was referring to Trump. I don't, I'm not, I'm not sure, but 
you know, if he had to recant all of his lives, there would be dead air for a couple hours every day on <laughs> CNN because it's all he does. Listen, the left gets away with this. The right doesn't. And uh, they called the li- Trump a liar for four years. And I don't think Trump was a liar. You know, he may have exaggerated and hyperbolized, you know, and stuff right. like that a little. But he was not a liar. And he never lied about where he was or what he did. And, you know, Hillary, I'm getting shot down in a plane. And we had to do a right. corkscrew to the tarmac. And yep. he, she got shot. You know, got shot down in Serbia. These these people are uh, just, you know, big fat liars. And you know what it is? The media basically lets them get away with it. Yeah. They they never call them out. Um except for I guess a little bit today. It looks like CNN decided to uh call them out, especially on this. This is cut number 2, G. So President Biden is taking heat for falsely claiming that he visited the Pittsburgh synagogue attacked by a mass shooter when he never actually went there. And, and I would love to watch watch the rest of that, but I don't really want to give CNN that much time or credit. Listen, it, it doesn't excuse the the the. Uh Let's see, you know, 12 years of lies between W and Trump. Uh, you know, their behavior has been despicable. I don't think there's any uh, reason to give them any credibility. But I am happy to see that the left is calling out Biden on Afghanistan and a few other things. Yeah, but if it, have you noticed how quickly they're trying to shift it, shift it away from Afghanistan? Let's yeah. stop talking about Afghanistan. Let's go on to the next. What's the next shiny thing? What do we got? Oh, my goodness. Abortion. That's a shiny thing. Let's go to that. Let's go to sh- abortion. So there's um, another story, maybe we can get to it later, you know, about like Dan Bishop, the congressman of North Carolina, that Trump got behind heavily. I watched him in North Carolina at the rallies. Um, he was great. And he said that CRT is a military distraction and taken away from Afghanistan and the other issues. So maybe we can get into that. Yeah, we'll do that in a little while. In the meantime, though, we are just getting started on a Friday night. I know it's a long holiday weekend. We thank you for uh, you know choosing to spend a couple hours with us. Again, visit us online if you want to chat a little bit. We're always checking on that live from Studio6B.com. If you're looking for maybe some swag, yeah, 6bshirts.com where you can grab a shirt from, uh, you know, whether it's an LFS6B Army shirt. That's probably one of my favorite shirts. Yeah, that's sweet. That's I nice love shirt. that one. Yeah. Uh, also, a, a hoodie now that the, uh, you know, fall is on the way. Maybe things are going to be a little bit cooler. Or you want to get something that shows your love for Slick Rick. Hey, he's yes. Got, he's got bucket hats now, Rick. <laughs> you got everything. <laughs> All right, we'll come back. We'll do some sports. We got some more stuff. And we've got our first guest coming up at 830. Laura Thomas out of Colorado. We'll see you in just a few moments. Stay there. Live from Studio 6B on Real America's Voice. from Studio 6B on Real America's Voice. And again, thank you for joining us. And, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> we're, we're, on the, uh, we're on the chat. People are going nuts. Everybody's wishing Rick a happy birthday. Happy birthday, course. Rick. Thank you. Happy birthday, Slick Rick Sports. Zinc Man checking in as well. Um, and a lot of people asking, uh, where's Damon? Where's Damon? Where's Damon? He'll be back on Tuesday. Do they watch the show, Rick? Because we've been telling them 50 <laughs> times a night. <laughs> yeah, and sometimes he even, he even chimes in. Um, on, but man. yeah, he'll be back on, on Tuesday. Hopefully he'll be refreshed, ready to go. And, uh, you know, uh, we'll, we'll get back to normal show. In the meantime, you've got, you've got us to deal with it. And, uh, speaking of which I got to remind you, 
that if you're a, if you enjoy the show, if you, if you like what we do, and you like Mike Lindell, and you like what he does, then go visit him. MyPillow.com. Use our code LFS6B at checkout and get up to 66% off your order today. You can support Mike. You can support the show. You can get some pillows, mattress toppers, towels, Giza Dream Sheets. The pillow is guaranteed to be the most comfortable pillow you will ever own. And, uh, you know, Mike has been taking fire from all sides doing stuff outside of this pillow pillow zone. But, you know, his core business... He's still the best at it in the world. So you might as well visit that, MyPillow.com. Get your pillows today and your other items there as well. LFS6B at checkout and save up to 66% off. And with that said, let's go to the birthday boy, Mr. Slick Rick Amirati. What's going on at sports, Rick? Thank you, Mr. Delgado. Major League Baseball scores one final. Cubs over the Pirates 6-5 to earlier today. Right now, bottom four. Yankees over the Orioles 1-0. Also bottom four. Mets lead the Nationals 2-0 down in D.C. Bottom four. Athletics and Blue Jays tied at two. Top four. Marlins 3-2 over the Phillies. Red Sox right now lead the Indians 2-1. Again, bottom of the fourth. Tigers 4-1 over the Reds. Top of the fourth. Twins lead of a trail the race. Excuse me. 5-1. Bottom four. Uh, rain delay with the White Sox and Royals getting a little rain in Kansas City. And top of the first, Cardinals and Brewers just underway, scoreless. Round two, PGA Tour Championship. Big tournament this weekend. This is for the big dollars. This is the Stanley Cup Finals here. Game seven of the World Series. And Patrick Cantley continues to lead. He leads John Rahm by just one stroke right now. And in third place, you guessed it, Bryson DeChambeau, <laughs> Mr. Personality. All right. It's going to make up for a great weekend. We'll have a full report on Monday, but it is really, really super tight. Cantley had a 66 today. Rahm is 65, and DeChambeau is 66. So uh, it's going to go right down to the wire. I can't wait to watch on Sunday as it, as it rolls to the end there. And men's U.S. Open singles. Major upset about an hour ago. 18-year-old Carlos Alcaraz upsets number three, Stefano Tsitsipas, in five sets. It was a thriller. 6 And Tsitsipas is famous for his bathroom breaks. He was getting a lot of criticism about that. <laughs> that I can't even imagine what the count was on the bathroom breaks for that one. So we'll have to get, a, get an update on that. And also, Daniil Medvedev uh, cruised past Pablo Anjoua in into a fourth round. N- uh, number two seed Med- Medvedev continued an easy first week to reach the fourth round at the U.S. Open. May very well be coming down to him and Djokovic, but I don't know. We got this young man here. We'll keep an eye on him. New budding star. Uh, and women's singles, uh, Simona Halep and Gabriel Muguruza uh, made rare runs uh, with their uh, U.S. Open fourth rounds. The two-time Grand Slam champions both pulled out three set victories earlier today to reach the fourth round of this year's Grand Slam tournament. Great tennis if you love watching it. Quite frankly, I love watching the uh, the ladies. I watched the Pliskova match last night with Anasmova, and wow, it was unbelievable. Another four-set thriller. So, uh, Rick, that's a wrap. More sports later. All right. Thank you for that, birthday boy. And we'll come back to you in just a little bit for more stuff as the night goes on. And, uh, you know, we were talking about uh, Joe Biden and, uh, you know, his responses to things. He actually had a, um, a resident from New Orleans decide to call out the president because of, uh, you know, we all know what happened with Hurricane Ida rolling through and, and really just decimating that part of the country down in Louisiana. And, and, of course, you know, we talked about how the remnants of it hit us up here in the Northeast on uh, Wednesday, Wednesday night into Thursday morning. But this is cut number five. This is a, a New Orleans resident um, has a simple, simple message for resident Biden. G go. 
on over with me. I'm going to introduce you to Mara. She's a mother of four, and she's telling us how she's been coping and what she's doing to get through this tough time. You can stay right there, sweetheart. I'm just going to snake over on this side. Talk to me about what's on your heart this afternoon. Well, we be in the, I, I got you. Just relax. We're in the heat. We ain't got no lights. I'll be like almost five days. I got to sleep in the car. My kids are hot. We hungry. We go in the gas station. The line is long. We got to wait two hours, and then the gas station closed. You know how much that is? We got to sleep in the car. I got kids, and it's very hot. We're going to die in here. Where's FEMA? Where's the Red Cross? We need help now. Can y'all help us? We about to die. We got children in here. I'm a single mom and I'm doing it by myself. It's hard out here. Can they help us? Where's the president? Can he come help us? Where's the FEMA? This is the president, lady. Can they help us? We put a gas in our car. Where we gonna go? And we gotta sleep in the car to wash our back. That's miserable, lady. Can y'all help us? Somebody. Yeah. And, you know, she's asking very good questions there. I mean, FEMA, this is, this is, they have one job, FEMA. (laughs) Emergencies, right? Federal emergencies. I think this qualifies as a federal emergency. And you would think with a hurricane, it's not like an earthquake that just kind of, it kind of hits. And you're like, oh my goodness, there's, there's really not a warning for, for, for an earthquake. For a hurricane, you see it coming days in advance. So, you know, they have a protract, uh, attract, of where they think it's going to hit and they follow it along and you see it when it lands and they got the, the uh, everybody's, you know, with their news crews there. So people are, they know what's coming and, and for the, the federal government to sit there and be like, yeah, we still can't get you help yet. Um, you got one job, uh, uh, to, to serve the people here and you're, 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 you can't even do that. You know, Kanye West said George Bush hates black people. They criticized W. Uh, Meanwhile, it was the largest, you know, uh, airlift in the history of the United States with helicopters saving people in the first week. And Katrina, Ray Naggins went to jail for 10 years. He was the mayor of New Orleans, I believe, during Katrina. He called it the Chocolate City. He's an idiot. 1,500 buses sat in parking lots in Katrina. And uh, Kathleen Blanco, the governor of of, uh, Louisiana, was a complete disaster. The Democrats have a, a Democratic mayor and a Democratic governor again, and Edwards, and they're a complete disaster. Um, they're probably not doing that as much as could be. And how come these people weren't evacuated once again? Yeah. They, they didn't learn their lesson, right, 16 years ago. Once again, there's a failure in Democratic leadership. And where is the media on, on Joe Biden while 900,000 people are still without power? And we got Jeff Correa from Ringside Politics coming up at 930 to confirm the disastrous situation on the ground shame on the democrats as usual yeah and and again with 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 a hurricane you know it's coming you have time to leave you have time to board up you get sandbags you do you do what you have to do and if you get caught out like a lot of these people have that's unfortunate but that's where you know again fema this this is their job federal emergencies right this is what they're they're there for. This is this is what they're built for. And the fact that these people are still stuck there, they're in gas stations having to live in their cars just just for cool air to come out of the air conditioning and, and trying to you know trying to scrounge for food. It's not a good look. I don't again, know about you. Make you make a great point about the the Democrats in charge. If, if once, once they saw a little swirl on Weather Nation, you know, on 
which is a part of our network family, by the way. Check it out. It's the best. Better than the Weather Channel by yep. far. Um, once you see like a little swirl in the Gulf, I'm out of there. <laughs> it's like, where, why didn't they leave? <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Uh, well, you know what, and it's unfortunate. And again, let, let's uh, let's take a look at cut number six here, just so you can get an idea again of some of the. Uh, excuse me, G. Yeah, cut number six. Take a look at this, so you can see. It kind of gives you an idea Whoa. of what happened in terms of the flooding Looks that like again hits this area. I stayed there four days ago, right next to that stadium in Somerset. It's wow. disastrous. It's amazing. Look at this. Wow. That was right next to my hotel, too. That's incredible. And this is what these people are dealing with. And again, we wish them all the best. And, and you know, hopefully they, uh, they all make it through. But again, it begs the question, where are you, Mr. Biden? Where's, where's FEMA? You know, you, you went and saved 100,000 Afghanis. Um, how about the Americans? Did you do anything with that? Just ask a quick question. Live from Studio 6B, we'll be back right after this. Stay Live from Studio 6B on Real America's Voice. Welcome back to the program. We got a lot of stuff coming up. We still got, uh, you know, we started talking about that, uh, all the lockdowns and the craziness in Australia between, you know, locking people in their houses and vaccine passports, all that nonsense, this crazy nonsense. And, you know, you're looking at that stuff across across the oceans. You're like, oh, my goodness, what are they doing? And, and you know, they're, they're probably thinking of bringing that here. It's like, no, they couldn't bring that here. Well, we're starting to see some of that here. And our next guest is going to be talking about some of that here. Uh, her name is Laura Thomas. That's spelled L-O-R-A Thomas. I mention it that way because that's her website, laurathomas.org. That's L-O-R-A Thomas.org. She is the Douglas County Commissioner out of Colorado. Welcome to the show here, Laura. And uh, thank you for taking the time. I know it was the last minute thing that we were able to get you on. So thank you for making some time for us this evening and welcome. It's a pleasure to be here. People need to know that there are places that believe in freedom in the United States still. Yeah. And you know what? And, you know, when you talk about Colorado, everybody thinks, oh, you know, mountains and freedom and people hiking and doing stuff and skiing. But there's a lot of there's a lot of craziness in Colorado when it comes down to, you know, liberal policies, too. Right. Too much. Too much. So now now your story got got David's attention and explain what happened. Douglas County is one of three counties in a health department called Tri-County Health. And Tri-County Health made a rule two weeks ago that any two-year-old to 11-year-old in a school or a daycare center had to wear a mask. And my fellow commissioners, George Teal and Abe Layden and I said no. And so we opted out of these crazy orders. Right. And then this week, Tri-County said, you know, you can opt out. We tell you to do it. And in fact, now the rule is anybody who's two years old or older in a school or a daycare center has to wear a mask. Now, people can leave the school and go across the street to Taco Bell without their mask. But then when they go back into the school, they have to put on their mask. This is just craziness. So my fellow commissioners and I decided enough is enough. We have decided that on Tuesday, we are going to do a resolution saying we are going to start the Douglas County Health Department. And then the following week, we will appoint a Board of Health. 
we'll hire an interim doctor, and then we're gonna start making the resolutions and the mandates. We've already said in Douglas County, we are not gonna support mask mandates or vaccine mandates. People are big boys and girls, and they can make decisions for themselves. Wow. Well, congratulations. I think uh, I think a round of applause is uh, in order here because that's something. And again, we've talked about this on the show, David, where, you know, we've seen a lot of this stuff in the school boards uh, on the local level and how people need to really, if they're unhappy with their elected uh, officials, the best way to take care of that is on the local level, right? Yeah. Hi, Laura. Um, thank you so much for responding. I know it was last minute, but I had to get you here. Um, in New York, when you're done with Colorado, can you move to New York and help us? Because we already have that mandate in effect in all New York City schools and daycare. You could take your kid to Applebee's. You could do anything else, right? You can go to Staples. Uh, but the whole thing's insanity. Uh, but Colorado's going through a lot of stuff right now. You got corruption in Mesa County with Janet Griswold, the Secretary of State, out of control, persecuting Tina Peters out there who can prove that the state came in and messed with data that wasn't supposed to be touched for 22 months after the election. Uh, is, is uh, you know, so there's a, there's a vehicle that you can um, do this in your district to get rid of the Board of Health and start your own, because we don't have laws on the books like that here. Well, what happened is a year ago in July, when their board, see, there's three counties. So each county puts three people on the board that tells the director what to do. And the director said, Douglas County doesn't need masks. We're the healthiest county in the whole country. But the people on the Board of Health said, oh, we're going to make Ma Douglas County mask up anyway. And so we filed a, a notice that we were leaving Tri-County Health. That, wow. that was the last straw. And then they said, well, if you stay, we'll let you opt out of these orders. So we said, <laughs> OK, we'll stay, but we get to opt out. Right. And this week they said, we're changing our mind. You can't opt out. And we said, we're changing our mind, too. We're leaving. Bye. <laughs> And you know what? That's the best answer to all of this insanity is just say, you know what? Um, you've overstepped your bounds, and now we're going to make decisions for ourselves. Like you said, you know, we're grown men and women here. We're going to make our own decisions. We've got our, our big boy pants on, and we can, we can do this ourselves. You got it. We trust our citizens. Laura, um, I wanted to ask you a couple of questions. You know, this really bothers me. Kids' mental health during covid has a 40% increase in suicides for children uh, and adolescents in New Jersey since this started. Uh, there was a study done in August from Brown University saying that early childhood cognitive development has been hindered by the masks, especially with speech and other areas of critical thinking. Um, and, you know, there's so many studies and, and people out there reporting that, you know, things like inflection, reading social cues, facial expressions, we're seeing a delay in that, says Dr. Arakri, I believe, out of Pennsylvania. Uh, these children are misinterpreting what's going on around them. They go to school with feelings of guilt when they're away from their family, that they're a threat to society, and the pressure is too much. What do you say? Uh, that doesn't surprise me. What I'll tell you is that we have no children in our hospitals in Douglas County. We have five hospitals with COVID but our hospitals are struggling to find beds for our teenagers who wanna take their lives. We need to treat the whole child. We need to be focused on their mental health and we need to stop this madness and help these children so they understand that they are okay. There's nothing wrong with them. Yeah. There's help and there's hope and adults have got to stop the nonsense.
Yeah, well, we know who all the Biden voters are in New York here. They all have masks on and they're, they're, uh, they're virtue signaling. And it makes me sick when they got their kids masked up, these two-year-old kids in, in restaurants and stuff. What do you think, uh, Rick? Yeah, definitely. And, and you know what's funny, too, is that uh, I guess uh, other parts of Colorado are also starting to um, you know, show signs of having problems with masks right out of Douglas County in your, in your zone right there. Um, Laura, um, high school students walk out of class. This happened, what, about a day ago, two days ago, Wednesday morning. On Wednesday. Yeah. They staged their own, the kids, yeah, the kids staged their own protest. They took part in a walkout to protest Tri-County Health Department's face mask mandate. And I I guess, you know, you guys are all uh, of the same mind saying, look, even, even high school kids know that, you know, this is a bunch of nonsense. I had parents send me videos they saw when they were driving on the street. They pulled over and took videos for me. These kids are walking with yellow flags that say, don't tread on me, and they're waving American flags. So that tells me there's hope for the next generation for when I'm in the nursing home. <laughs> there, there will be people who believe in freedom and, and keep freedom alive. Right. We're in the Iron Curtain here. Five students in Islip, Long Island today were escorted out of school for not wearing their masks. We have no rights. Um, can you point to one case in the world where a student has uh, transmitted the virus to a teacher? No. I don't think there are any. Can you point to one case in the United States where a child died from COVID who didn't have comorbidities? No. You know, I don't think anybody can. Um, so, you know, we have to grow up. And if your kid's at risk and has low immunity or comorbidity, then learn from home. I don't have a problem with that. Or mask up, you know. But to require all these kids, there's a new study out that says that kids 16 and older have like an 80% resistance to the COVID as well. Um, We're in some really trouble like George Orwell times here. Yeah. And and Laura, let me ask you this, because now you guys have kind of, you kind of thrown down the gauntlet, so to speak, right? You're saying, you know what? We've had it with you guys. We're out. You opted out of them and you're creating your own, your own health department. So now when you... uh, once this gets rolling, what kind of things are you going to look to put in place? Because, again, it, it, the mass mandate probably isn't the only thing, right? Are you going to be discussing vaccines and stuff like that as well? So my board of commissioners, my other commissioners and I already passed a resolution that in Douglas County, we will not support mask mandates or vaccine passports. We believe that people need to make their own choices for themselves. And interestingly enough, last night, a new story came out that the other two counties in Tri-County, Adams and Arapahoe, are also making plans to leave Tri-County as well. So it's going from Tri-County to no county. <laughs> to uh, no county. <laughs> uh, uh, so, wow. So all the Tri-County districts are going to participate in this. So the 64 counties in Colorado, where else do you see this spreading to? Well, 44 of the counties already have their own health department. And while the very middle of Colorado is very liberal, the rural counties all around the rest of the state are are very conservative. And all through last year, they weren't wearing masks. They just lived their own way out there in in rural Colorado. And when they would come to Denver, they were shocked to see everybody wearing a mask. And when I went to rural Colorado, it was pleasant to be with people who would smile and wave and you could see their smiles. We don't smile anymore in New York. Can you see? 
<laughs> yeah, D- David always looks like that, even when he's happy. Like the grimace, um, the grimace. <laughs> hey, let me ask you this because you mentioned that you know you guys have the lowest uh, the lowest rate, correct? Well, our rate has gone up some. Okay, but not our death rate. And, right. and we don't have any kids in the hospital. If we had a wave of kids in the hospital dying, we would have a different response. But we have no kids in the hospital, zero. Right. Your, now, now, let me ask yeah. you about your, your homeless population, because, you know, homeless people that uh, right off the bat, they don't have a place to live. They're out in, uh, out in the uh, out in the elements. Right. Are, are the dead bodies piling up for the homeless as well? Because this is this is deadly, they say. Well, that's I always wonder now, Denver has a big homeless problem. When we talk to our staff, they, they think we have nine homeless people in Douglas County. When, when we see someone who's homeless, we have staff that go out and meet with them, mm-hmm. help them get services, put them up so they can find a job where they're fed, where they're warm. Because we want to give people a hand up. So we're there right away to help people. So we don't have a lot of homeless camps here in I, Douglas County. I think a lot of the homeless are too stoned to get it. They're probably sleeping. Uh, I got it not to make light of it, but listen, um, Colorado has 1,300 deaths per million. Um, it is 40% of New York per capita. And it's like almost a blue state, right? So, you know, um, you are faring much better. I think people are more responsible than areas like New York City. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's not as dense. But you have 40% less deaths per capita. So nobody can criticize you guys, you know. And um, listen, there's 23, 23 new variants coming our way. Um, this isn't going to be stopped by wearing a mask, which only stops 10% of aerosol. Yeah. Well, what we have been telling everybody is this virus is here to stay. It is time for us to learn how to live with the virus while we continue to live our lives. It's time to stop cowering in fear. Yeah. And, and you know what? Uh, real quick, because we've got to wrap up. We're just about out of time here. Laura, let me ask you, uh, um, up until this point, were you doing a lot of the mask wearing or did you kind of say, you know what? I don't think it's really doing much. Um, you know, if I went into a store and they said you need to wear a mask, I was respectful right. and, and wore the mask. But in our office, no. Nah. All right. Well, you know what? There you have it from uh, from Douglas County in Colorado. Laura Thomas, thank you so much for joining us. And, uh, you know, for, for, for the last minute that we put this together with David, um, we re- really appreciate it. And congratulations on taking things on, you know, your own terms and saying, you know what? We don't need the health department for Tri-County. We're doing our own. We're making our own policies. And again, it's the locals that are going to set the tone for the rest of the country. And, and you're one of those, Laura. Thank you. Thank, thank you. God bless everybody. All right. Thank you for joining us. And uh, yeah, we'll be in touch. We'll, we'll keep in touch with Laura and follow up and see how they're doing. In the meantime, we'll take a quick break. We've got sports. We've got more stuff coming up. It is a Friday night live from Studio 6B on Real America's Voice. Stay there. from Studio 6B on Real America's Voice on a Friday night. Thank you for uh, taking the time and joining us. If you're just tuning in, you just missed a great interview with uh, Laura Thomas out of uh, Douglas County, 
Colorado. She's the uh, county commissioner out there, and uh, they took it upon themselves. And, and again, we've had this discussion many times in the last couple of weeks where, you know, we see more people being active in, in their school boards, in their town hall meetings, and, you know, deciding that, that we may not be able to change much when it comes to the Senate right now and Congress, but we can really affect things on the local level. And, you know, locally in, in her county, they decided to take things, uh, you know, take things on themselves and say, you know what, we don't agree with the Tri-County Health Commission. We're forming our own health commission, making our own decisions, and, uh, you know, the, basically told them to kick rocks. Uh, this is what's going on across the country. The Election Integrity Commissions, they're teaching people how to sue their government FOIA documents. But it's also going on with CRT. Uh, we'll get into it later, maybe. Rhode Island, Nicholas, uh, Nicole Solis. She's been on the front lines teaching people to make public records requests to uncover CRT influence. And, you know, our very own John Solomon had that great special last night at 8 p.m. live nationwide. Go online and find his special on America's Voice dot news, unveiling the origins of CRT in the United States. But yeah. like people like this, like Laura, you know, are really making a difference. And uh, we love it. I wish we had more people like that in New York. Yeah. And, and and again, it all starts at the local level. So if you don't think you can make a difference, guess what? You can. And more and more parents are finding that out at these school board meetings. We've got some more of that. Um, but also, you know, we've got some some other types of people like this Oregon State Trooper who unfortunately was placed on leave Wednesday for posting a video saying he's going to defy Governor Kate Brown's vaccine mandate and questioning not only the governor's leadership, but also those who follow her order. His name is Zachary Cowing. He's 29, based out of, uh, again, he's with the Oregon State Police. He's been there for eight years, and uh, he posted a video that has now kind of uh, gone viral. And uh, take a look at the video, and then, you, and then you'll see, see what happened. This is cut number nine. G, go. This officer has foreign oath to uphold the Constitution of the United States to protect the freedom of the people who pay my salary. I do not work for my governor, but for them. The governor elected to this beautiful state has ordered medical workers, teachers, and first responders to get the vaccine. I have personal and religious reasons as to why I will not take the vaccine, but also the freedom to choose not to. I'll likely get fired over this video, but I'm nonetheless exercising my First Amendment right to speak freely. I've fallen in line for over a year with these useless and effective mask mandates, and I will no more. I will not sit back and sheepishly watch as those who serve the people of the state are given unlawful orders which threaten their livelihoods should they choose not to fall in line. Discretion is one of the most important parts of my job as a police officer. I will use that discretion and I will not enforce useless mask mandates or unlawful vaccine orders. Doing so is discrimination, which I would be fired for if it were any other discriminatory subcategory. Ms. Governor, I think you've forgotten that you were elected by the people, therefore you work for the people. The title governor does not give free reign to force medical decisions upon us. Police officer or not, an oath is permanent. I'll stand the blue line for the people I swore it to. If you're watching this video, I encourage you 
to look deep down and decide if you're going to fall in line as sheep or if you're going to stand up for the rights that we have for the short time we still have them. If you got the vaccine out of pure choice, that is your freedom. But if you got the vaccine out of fear, be careful. Yeah, pretty powerful statement there by that uh, that officer, state trooper Zachary Cowing, who's now been placed on leave. We'll see what happens with that. Uh, but it's unfortunate. But you know what? It's people like that, you know, all over the country that are, are making a stand. Balkanization. It's a balkanization of the United States. So, um, yeah, yeah. Terrible. Uh, amazing stuff. So we'll we'll, uh, we'll continue on with some more stuff. But let's go to the birthday boy. He's got some sports for us. Slick Rick, what's going on over there? You got it, Rick. Well, last night the Ohio State Buckeyes won their first game. Ohio State and Ryan Day are off on the right foot with that win over Minnesota. Uh, good win, forty-five to thirty-one over the Golden Gophers. It was a little tight in the fourth quarter, but Ohio State just dominated and just just some big. Big plays, 71-yard pass play, and took it away. And also the Tennessee Vols, they rolled Bowling Green last night, 38-6. to So looking good. Big college weekend. I'll have some report on the games that I suggest you watch this weekend amongst your uh, other teams that you love. And uh, three-time Patriots Super Bowl champion, wide receiver David Patton, dead at 47. Sad news today. Um, this is from Aaron Walsh of Yard Barker. Former New England Patriots wide receiver David Patton reportedly died at the age of 47 in a motorcycle accident. Patton will always remember it as the receiver who caught the Patriots' only offensive touchdown in their first Super Bowl victory with Tom Brady at quarterback all the way back in 2001. Wow. Sam Gordon, who had Patton in his management firm, told ESPN earlier that Patton died in his native South Carolina. Again, he was 47 years old. The Patriots confirmed his death. Uh, team owner Robert Kraft released a statement saying he was heartbroken by the news of David's passing. Uh, he was a devout Christian who followed his passion following his football career and founded his own ministry. So the guy was doing good work, work of the Lord, but fortunately was in a bad accident. In addition to the Patriots, Patton also played for the Giants, Saints, Redskins, Washington football team, excuse me, and Cleveland Browns. He finished his 12-year career with 324 catches for 4,700 yards and 24 touchdowns so rest in peace David Patton and one more Rick NHL to punish unvaccinated players more harshly this season what? this is an AP report today I get them but uh, the NHL plans to punish unvaccinated players more harshly if they test positive for the coronavirus as part of new protocols for the upcoming season teams will be able to suspend unvaccinated players without pay if they cannot participate in hockey activities as part of the protocols according to a person with knowledge of the new rules the person of course spoke uh, uh, unanimously, anonymously. <laughs> uh, the Associated Press uh, uh, had reported earlier that the fully vaccinated players will have only COVID-19 positives treated as hockey injuries and still be paid. So if you have COVID, and uh, you know, the vaccination right. and you get it, no, that's okay. You just It's just an injury. But if you're not vaccinated, you're going to be punished. Um, they'll also have their movements on the road restricted. In other words, they can't go out. They have to be careful with the team. They want to go out for dinner or whatever after. You know, it's just ridiculous. Typical commie lockdown here. Yeah, so, no doubt. And, and now they have to answer this question. What if an unvaccinated player comes down with it only because he was next to a vaccinated player who also had it as well. Who are you going to blame then? You blame the vaccinated person. Vaccinated people are transmitting it to the unvaccinated. It's yeah, a fact. It, it, it's a pandemic of the vaccinated, actually. 
you know, Belichick said today, uh, you know, that it's not all uh, vaccines are not the answer for everybody and um, supports, I think, his, you know, teammates uh, who are not vaccinated. Something to that. His extent. players. Yeah, his players. But I mean, uh, I, I would say at this point, probably 95 percent of the league is vaccinated in the NFL and the NHL right now uh, is estimating that they're between 90 and 95 percent vaccinated. So they just want to punish those few guys who don't want to take it. And it's really a shame. Again, all we're talking about tonight, freedom of choice. And obviously, there's no freedom of choice in these leagues. It's a shame. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, it, I bet you a lot of them are Tannenhills. You know, or just like, oh, I just got it. So they leave Sheep. me alone. Right. Yep. And they just fall in line. They don't They don't really think about the ramifications, the long the, the long, uh, the, uh, long view of things, the 30,000-foot view of what this all means. They just, you know, go along to get along, man. So what just... are they going to get? 23 shots? There's 23 exactly. more variants yeah. coming our way. You know, it's just, it's gonna, you know, we're going we're gonna to kill ourselves. Yeah. Exactly. And I'm not a big anti-vaxxer. You know, I just think it should be a choice. Yeah, I don't so. think any of us on this show are anti-vaxxers. It's just some kind of freedom for these people. Yeah. Well, for everyone. For me. Yeah. We're, we're born with it. Yeah. We might as well exercise. Hey, I'm not vaxxed. I'll, I'll tell you that right now. All right. Well, I'm thanks. holding out as long as I we're can. We're taking you for a beer later. This is a depressing <laughs> show. Yeah, we're going to crank it up and, and get wasted. Uh, live from Studio 6B on Real America's Voice, hour number one is in the books. Hour number two is coming. Stay there. we got a lot more stuff on the way. We'll be back. Live from Studio 6B on Real America's Voice on a Friday night. Hour number two is up. Dish Network Channel 219, Pluto TV Channel 240, the Roku Channel as well. 1029 on Samsung TV Plus, a great new platform. And of course, chat yourself till you're blue in the fingers or, or blue in the face on livefromstudio6b.com. That's our new internet home for all stuff show related. We invite you to go there. Watch the show, chime in, say hello, wish wish Slick Rick a happy birthday. Uh, talk about stuff that you're seeing on the show, things that you want to see. I shared a couple links earlier as well because people were asking about uh, some stuff that we've been talking about lately. So, you know, anytime you need stuff like that, we'll try and get it to you. And uh, it just keeps us all in touch, you know? You know what I'm saying, David? Yes, I, I like to be in touch, but, uh, you know, we're like plugged in 24-7, you know, and... Um, it's incredible. Like I, I predict a Biden resignation at some point during his presidency, probably in the next three months. It's got to be. I yeah. mean, how many things can go wrong for him? The border is a disaster. Him lying, just lying all the time. Saki's a disgrace. Afghanistan, I, you know, what else could go wrong? You um, know, economy jobs were one third of what they expected. Oh, today. yeah. Another a glowing uh, jobs report came out today, right? Yeah. You know, he's got some decent numbers on his side, but, you know, it's nothing compared to the roaring Trump economy that we had. And I, and I, and I know COVID took away a lot, you right. know, and the Delta's hurt the job numbers, too. But um, he has no policies. What's no. he got? It, it's, just, it's just it's just ideology. 
That's yeah. all it is. Ideology is what they're pushing. That's what they're hanging their hat on. And uh, they're hoping that nobody notices. But unfortunately, our eyes are wide open. And, and I've said this plenty of times. I think that's one of the greatest gifts of, of the Trump presidency is being able to compare and contrast, you know, BS with actual what is going on, where people can see, you know what, uh, you're, you're telling me it's, it's raining, but you're peeing <laughs> on my leg there, bro. You know, it's you know? incredible. Um, listen, having, having followed Trump for many, many years and being around the people in his administration, you know, um, I know they're competent. I know the Larry Kudlow's and the Mike Pompeo's, you know, right. and other people in that administration were competent people. Um, I don't think the Biden administration has that many competent people. I mean, who is there that really stands out that you can say, wow, I really trust and like that guy. Right. It's not the secretary of state. Um, so, you know, I don't know. I, I, I predict a folding of the uh, Biden presidency. You heard it here tonight, folks. Get the <laughs> Vegas uh, odds out. Um, but yeah. And yeah. Rick will, Rick will uh, report on all the money I'm going to win. Yes, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'll you help know, you spend it, too, Dave. We're going to go food. No problem. Go shopping. Let's you, go. You know, a few months ago, Damon, uh, Paul, and, and Rick and I, we, we all kind of had, had different... Uh, Days and Time weeks and, and timelines and and so far he's I think he's lasted beyond all the timelines. We were looking at maybe July, maybe June, maybe August, and um, you know he's still there. He's still kicking. So hey, you Rick, know what? Check, check, check with Damon though, because he's going to tell you uh, October, right. no, November. Ask him who won the NBA championship. Right, <laughs> and you know what we'll get from Damon? He'll, he'll show up the day it happens and be like, "I told you, told it was you be I today. had it." <laughs> but you know. Um, Somebody had like a stern talk with Biden or something or they stepped up their writing game because like I said that speech today if you're a dumb person you know you thought that speech was good and 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 you know uh meaningful right. but you know he leaves out Afghanistan he leaves out the border he leaves out the fact that 400,000 people come in a month in this country and now 325 people a day are dying in Texas all of a sudden from covid you know and you know this is because of his failed policies but you know if you have your head in the sand just like an argument i had at the bar the other day with this woman mm -hmm. um you know she was uh completely clueless didn't want to hear it i said keep your head in the sand she says that immigration has nothing to do with our problems even though they committed 236,000 illegals committed 550,000 crimes in texas just in the last 10 years alone and that's just one state you know uh, but they're spreading covid like wildfire across the south yeah and you know what not only that it's just it's leading to more um like you said the crime that's we're seeing on the rise, but, but we're also seeing, you know, people are just losing confidence in the country. And again, that's, that's one of those things that, that Trump did not, was not uh, going to let happen. He was, he was always pro America, the America first policy. He, he loved, he still loves this country and he always wanted people to succeed. And that was, that was big in terms of the mental health side of this country, because Democrats, all they want to do is beat it down, beat it down, beat it down. And, and, you know, that takes us to Australia, where what they're trying to do is beat their people down. We started talking about this last night. I promised people I'd have some more videos. Great. So we're going to jump to those now. And again, because in parts of Australia, you're not allowed to travel more than five kilometers from your home. That's 3.1 miles. They can face arrest. They can be... Uh, you know, thrown in jail, they can be fined. They've got military ho military ho helicopters corralling citizens um, as if they were livestock. And um, 
it's just stuff that like this is going down. Like if you watch this cut number 11, G, I mean, this is some of the protesters, you know, meeting up with some of the police. People have had it. You know, these mass policies, these lockdown policies. They're spraying them with pepper spray. It's insane. And what's really scary, and we've talked about this before, too, and the CDC actually has something like this on their website about these uh, the, the, these facilities they want to put up to keep people safe. That, the, keep people safe. You mean David, FEMA camps? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, check this out. This is cut number 16, G. Uh, this is a second quarantine. This is a quarantine facility in, Queens, in Queensland that they're building. Why? So they can take you out of your house if they deem you to be a problem. Yeah. If they think, you know, because you're unvaccinated or or you've been, uh, you've had a positive test. Cut 16, G. This is a commitment by the Wagner family working with the Queensland government. To say to the people of Queensland. Well, you got to give it a good name. Looks like a sci-fi movie. And the best way to keep you safe and to keep Delta out of Queensland is to build as quickly as possible a regional quarantine facility. I have listened to Queenslanders. I know how much they support a regional quarantine facility to be in Queensland. They want their community kept safe. That's what they're saying to me, and we are delivering. This is a race. We are up against a highly infectious Delta variant that's sweeping the world. We don't know what's next. We need to get these facilities up and running. And everybody has seen how successful Howard Springs is. Wow. So they already have one in Howard Springs, and now they're building a second one. You know, kind of, I wonder if they're going to have a rail system set up to get you there a little bit quicker, you know, more comfortable. It's like the Bond movie. It's like, come to Wellkemp, you know? And yeah. uh, meanwhile, so they fly in the middle of nowhere and you're surrounded by dingoes for like six months and you can't <laughs> see your kids, you know? Uh, and then if you try to escape, they machine gun you on the uh, concertina wire. This is crazy. Yeah. This a- is uh, a- and scary. Very scary. And again, it's happening to a place that, you know, is a lot like our home here. You know, built on, uh, you know, uh, people's liberty and, and you know, that they... The, it's almost like a reflection of us and we're seeing what they're doing down there. And it's kind of scary. Check this out. This is cut number, um, 12. This is uh, protesters, uh, again, talking about, and they, they actually have border cross. Like, like if we were to go from County to County, Nassau to Suffolk here, yeah, checkpoint Island, Charlie. there would be a checkpoint. You would, you wouldn't be allowed Where are your to go over the line. What is your business here? Yeah. It's insane. This is cut number 12. Check this out. Let's go to cut number 14. Again, this is insane. Check this guy out. He comes through on a horse. Cross over. Everyone, go across the border. Cross over. They cannot arrest all of us. 
Again, we're talking about counties where we drive from county to county every single day. Some people do it for work. Some people just, you know, they're going to visit family or friends. They're saying you can't cross county lines. And finally, let's go to this one, cut number 15. Check this out, David. You're going to enjoy this one. Uh, The police are visiting this woman at her home. Check this out. Posting some things on social media um, that you... Protest Protest on Tuesday. Um, There's no protest on Tuesday. There isn't. Okay, that's fine. But what I'm here is to remind you to ensure that you need to stay at home in relation to COVID and um, stay at home orders. Up your nose with a rubber hose. If there is or is not a protest on Tuesday, regardless, you still can't leave and go to a protest. The person wrote something on social media. I understand. So they're being policed on social media. I understand what you're saying. I want to know the grounds for why um, this is the case. Why? Has the New South Wales government declared, officially declared a state of emergency? That's one. And isn't it um, everyone's constitutional right to protest if there is a protest? Um, I mean, the police commissioner for Victoria has gone on record to say it is not unlawful to protest. It is a human right to protest. That is correct. You are allowed to go and protest. But at the moment, we have stay at home orders. Okay, and that means that we are not allowed to leave and go without the five kilometers. We're not allowed to leave essential services, stuff like that. Okay. Have a valid reason. Yeah. Leaving your home and attending to get food or something like that within your 5k sure. radius where you have to wear a mask etc etc you can go and do that oh but my God. you cannot go and attend a protest whether it is in the city Parramatta I don't know where or what is going on but you can't go and do well, that what? right now because at the moment we have stay at home orders. what are the legal grounds for the stay at home orders that's something that you can have a google and place no. everywhere that you like you're the police I'm telling have you that yeah. you need to stay at home you need you to leave and you don't abide by those rules you will be either given an infringement notice or you will be arrested. You will. That's the case. You okay. are charged with enforcing you law. Much. You are in charge with enforcing law. Right, you need to know, you, you need to know the laws under which you are enforcing these orders. And these are, they are unconstitutional. They're inconsistent with the Biosecurity yeah. Act. A public order has to be served with a court order to an individual. <laughs> you know what happened there? An ideology got questioned. Ideologies don't like that. That's questions. the scariest thing ever read. By the way, there's only been 58,000 cases of COVID in Australia in a year and a half. They've lost 1,000 people out of 25 million. Wow. They did lose 13 people today with 1,500 new cases, uh, but the fatality rate has not gone up that much. Um, this is uh, unbridled fascism, George Orwell. Um, Minority Report. You remember how accurate that movie was? You know, like you can't drive your own car and they can stop you on the highway with OnStar. That was in 2000. (laughs) And then they did it. Right. You know, so we're in trouble, people. So Uh, crazy stuff. And again, that stuff coming out of Australia. And, uh, you know, is that a test run for other places? 100%. Could be. I don't know. We got to pay attention, though. Will our police enforce that? That's what I want to know. Sadly, I think a lot of people will. We'll see what happens. Live from Studio 6B on Real America's Voice. We'll take a quick break. we got sports coming up next. Stay there.
Live from Studio 6B on Real America's Voice. Thank you for uh, hanging with us through the break, and welcome back. Uh, We've got Sports with Slick Rick coming up. We've also got a special guest coming up at 9.30. His name, Jeff Cruer. You might know him. He is the host of Ringside Politics right here on Real America's Voice. He'll be checking in from down down in uh, New Orleans, right there, David? Uh, Yep, he's on the front lines there. Uh, 900,000 people still without power in the state of Louisiana. Uh, It's a disaster. It's becoming more of a disaster because they don't expect power on for 20 to 30 days in most parts or some parts. So kids are supposed to be in school. Uh, People are running out of food. And like that lady's plea, we played earlier CNM, where is FEMA? Where is the Red Cross? And where is Biden? Now, Biden, I think, went there yesterday or today. Uh, I don't know how that went. Right. Um, But yeah, um, once again, Democratic planning failure for the state of Louisiana. From Afghanistan to Louisiana, you can count on Democrats, is what you're saying. Yeah, listen, <laughs> I'm not going to put all the blame on them, but, you know, I remember 1,500 buses sat in the yard uh, during Katrina, and they had three days to get out of there. How come they don't leave, you know? How come yeah. they do not leave? I don't get yeah. it. Yeah, or, or, or at least have things uh, staged and ready to go so I when mean, something does happen. it should be like the mecca of staging. Right. You know, Houston and Louisiana should be like 100,000 troops ready to go. You know, like, right. you know, people would be willing to pay more taxes for that. You know? <laughs> Absolutely. Like, and I know Florida has a, has done a great job. In, I think overall, in recently with, yeah. with their hurricane response because they're used to it and they prepare correctly. And again, you know, it makes you wonder what some of these uh, politicians. Oh, that, that's right. They probably have to do studies on frogs and you know their mating habits and see if well, if they self-identify yeah. as a frog or maybe as a as a green person. Well, there's so much corruption in New Orleans, and uh, the current mayor and the governor of Louisiana are the same as you know Kathleen Blanco and uh, Ray Naggins uh, during right. Katrina. I think there's just incompetence all around. You know, we, I just interviewed Mike Johnson a few months ago at CPAC. I talked to Jeff Cuer. These are Republican-oriented guys and Republican Congressman Mike Johnson. He's so upset what's going on in New Orleans, the crime, you know. And under the Democrats, look, uh, crime's up 68% in Philadelphia just this year alone. Uh, murder. Murder's up 68% in one, in just in Philly. This is what's going on in every single blue city. Yeah. It's amazing. So, again, we'll be talking to Jeff Cruer, uh at the bottom of the hour. He's the host of Ringside Politics right here on Real America's Voice. Uh, we'll do some sports in just a moment, but I have to remind you, visit our friends over at MyPillow.com. Why? Because you can get 66% off when you use our code LFS6B at checkout. By doing so, by getting yourself some of their great pillows, mattress toppers, maybe some towels, or Giza Dream Sheets. You'll be supporting Mike. You'll be supporting the show. And of course, the pillow is guaranteed to be the most comfortable pillow you will ever own. That's mypillow.com. Visit them today and use LFS6B at checkout. Save that 66% and sleep like a baby. Speaking of babies, uh, this baby is his birthday. Birthday boy. How you doing, eh, birthday boy? Hey, Rick, I got to tell you, it's overwhelming the uh, happy birthday wishes in the chat. And I got to tell you, the chat, LFS6B, is so popular that two young ladies also in the chat share a birthday with me. Carol really? and Karen uh, Pewterbar. They both uh, share a birthday. And one of my Twitter followers, her husband, Alan Castleberry, his birthday is tomorrow. So, small world. Good stuff. Wow. All right. Yeah. Very and, good. Uh, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> Let's go to the rodeo. Friday night, right, Ellensburg right, right. Rodeo, Rick. Uh, 
uh, Ellensburg, Washington, beautiful state of Washington, at the Ellensburg Rodeo Arena. Steer Wrestling, second round leader, Will Loomis in 3.3 seconds. That's a good score. Team Roping, first round, Stephen Doobie and Jason Doobie, 4.4 seconds. The Doobie Brothers. The Doobie Brothers? Roll it. Uh, Tie down roping, first round, Andrew Burke, 7.6 seconds, picked up 3,100 bucks. Bow Racing, first round, Cheyenne Wimberly, 17.32 seconds. Just edges out Nicole Driggers, who didn't have her druthers on that round. And Steam Roping, first round, J. Tom Fisher, 9.1 seconds. Unbelievable. I feel like Johnny Carson with that drum roll. And uh, some sad news, a Mexican boxer Jeanette Zakaris Zapata, 18, dies after suffering several several blows to the head during a fight. Zapata had to uh, pass neurological exams to fight before being knocked out in May. This is from Paulina Dodge of Fox News. Mexican boxer Jeanette Zakaris Zapata died Thursday after suffering several blows to the head during her match against Canada's Marie Pierre Hull over the weekend. Uh, event officials said she was only 18. Zapata and Hull were competing at the IGA Stadium in Montreal's Jarry Park on Saturday night. At the end of the fourth round, Hull landed several punches on Zapata, who stood defenseless in the corner. I actually saw it. It was a really strong left and a cross right, and she just kind of just stopped. Went down, and uh, unfortunately, uh, the young lady passed away. It's a very wow. sad story. And um, uh, the uh, young lady, who, uh, who fought her, uh, you know, obviously sent her condolences and said she would appreciate it for her respect, you know, where she's at and that she's not going to make any further comments. So right. just a terrible, you know, tragic story. Yeah, that's boxing. tragic. I mean, you don't go into a fight uh, looking to do that uh, to someone. And, and, you know, of course, it's horrible for the person and their family, but think about the person who, you know, was in there just, it was a boxing match. I just wanted to win a boxing match and now has to carry that with them the yes. rest of their life. Who knows if she'll ever make it back. And it's rare that you see it in the ladies, but I remember Ray Boom Boom Mancini back in 82 when uh, Dooku Kim was knocked out, um, the Korean fella, and then he passed away. Right. He lived with that for his whole life. Terrible. Yeah. Thanks, Rick. That's a wrap in sports. All right. Well, thank you for that. Hey, real quick before we get to uh, our guest coming up at 930, David, you had a uh, story coming out of Brown University, right, about a study? Well, yeah, there was a study completed last uh, month, but I just found it again. And it was the impact of COVID-19 pandemic on early childhood cognitive development. And basically they're saying in their abstract that um, stay-at-home orders and businesses, daycare, schools, playgrounds, it has negatively affected our children. Childhood cognitive scores in 2020 versus 2021 uh, versus the preceding decade, actually, 2021 uh, and then the preceding decade, 2011 to 2019, we find that children born during the pandemic have significantly reduced verbal, motor, and overall cognitive performance compared to children uh, born pre-pandemic. And we find that males and children uh, in lower socioeconomic families fare even worse. Uh, it's really crazy what's going on here. And then there was this CBS story, um, you know, where this doctor, I think Arakri is his name, things like infection, reading social cues, facial expressions. We're seeing a delay in all of these as well. Children are misinterpreting what is going on around them. And there was another study from the American Psychiatric Association that this trauma, the kinds of threat that children perceive when they are told to distance themselves from other children and cover the part of their body, their body which they communicate, express their emotions and feed themselves, forcing children to wear masks or distance themselves from peers not only signals that they are a threat to others and that they are 
are, uh, uh, and others are a threat to them. Others are a threat to them, but also takes away the most basic way children calm their nervous system, facial expressions, um, and uh, you know are necessary to calm the nervous system. And just one more thing here: yeah. they're most likely to miss out on critical language development, another fundamental area of growth in early years, where children from low-income backgrounds already have disproportionate advantages, and the uh, you have more of a chance of dying from a lightning strike or a car accident than you do from COVID, 0.00% to 0.03% of all child COVID-19 cases resulted in death. It's minuscule. We've got to get back to business. Stop masking your children and fight your school districts because we are destroying our youth and I'm tired of it. Yeah, and I think a lot of people are tired of it. We've got more videos of that as well. Um, and this this also came out of that that Brown study you were just talking about, that even babies born during this COVID time, and they're noticing it in three months old, scoring uh, lower. They have lower IQs. Yeah. So I think it's affecting, you know, the moms. Maybe it has something to do with, uh, you know, increased carbon dioxide in their system. Who knows? I don't know. Yeah. But it's interesting that they're finding this stuff, and it's all related to mass wearing. So interesting stuff and, and great, great find on that study. It's scary because, you know, and it's true. I mean, when it comes to when it comes to development, 93 percent of communication is nonverbal. So by covering up your face, you're 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 cutting. You've got a seven percent chance of figuring out if you're a kid or you're developing um, what things mean. It's going to take a SWAT team to put masks on my two-year-old grandchildren. <laughs> I'm just telling you right now. It ain't happening. Here you go, Dave. <laughs> All right. So, you know, don't come around David's house. No. <laughs> don't even think about it. All right. We got to take a quick break. We'll come back with more right after this right here, live from Studio 6B on Real America's Voice. Stay there. from Studio 6B on Real America's Voice on a Friday night. Man, it's a holiday weekend. And, uh, you know, if you're out there watching, thank you so much. Because, you know, you could be watching something else. You could be doing something else. But you decided to spend your time with us. So we appreciate it, truly. And uh, thank you for doing that and supporting the show as much as you do. Uh, We're going to be talking to Jeff Cuer in just a few moments. He's from uh, Ringside Politics. He's actually down in New Orleans. He's down in that area. Um, suffering with, uh, with the people down there. I think we've had a, a small issue with uh, getting his connection set. Yeah, and uh, as we get that situated, um, you know, you can, you can uh, check out Jeff's uh, website, ringsidepolitics.com. If you want to go there, you can check out what he's all about. Um, you know, check out his blog, check out his show times. And, uh, of course... You know, find out more about him and what he's doing. And again, we want to welcome him to the show from New Orleans. Jeff Cruer, welcome to Live from Studio 6B. How you doing, my friend? Good. How are you guys? Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you for uh, taking the time and joining us. And I know David was uh, working his butt off to make sure we can get you on because cause you, you're, in a, you're in a tough situation down there. Well, we've uh, we've been through a tough storm. Uh, you know, Ida was a uh, was a monster, and then also hit the Northeast. I mean, yeah. it was a storm that never ended. I mean, it's um, 
you know, five days before Ida, we were not even thinking about it. I mean, it just came out of nowhere and uh, really just uh, went on a rampage and blew up. And I think it was the strongest storm to hit Louisiana since like 1850. Wow. So uh, we were just uh, somewhat unprepared because they didn't uh, didn't order an evacuation like they did for Katrina. Right. Because the time wasn't there. So we had no contraflow, which is when all the traffic moves in one direction out of the city. So we had traffic jams uh, everywhere. It was uh, it was a mess. It was a mess. Yeah, sounds like it. And, and again, it seems like there's going to be uh, with the power issues. It could be up to some people are talking about a month before they restore power to a lot of the people well, that are, have been hit. You know, uh, south of me in uh, Grand Isle, there is a, a city that might never come back. Every structure uh, in Grand Isle was wow. either completely destroyed or partially destroyed. That is uh, at the very tip of Louisiana, where Louisiana meets the Gulf. And uh, that is really devastating. And then, of course, you know, it moved on into the into the state and and really caused havoc uh, everywhere. And New Orleans was spared because of the levee system that we uh, built after Katrina. Right. You know, the floodwaters didn't come into New Orleans. You didn't have the kind of devastation you did 16 years ago when over 1,800 people died. Yeah. So that was one thing we could be thankful for. Right. But we have seen some horrifying pictures of, you know, a baseball stadium before and after, um, you know, talking about the floodwaters, some of the bridges, um, you know, over what should have been a much smaller river uh, are now submerged. And, of course, you know, the, the effects of water, on structures, whether they're homes, whether they're bridges, that it's going to take a long time, not only to just, uh, you know, for that stuff to be cleaned up and cleared out, but then you've got to inspect right. all that stuff because water does it a tremendous amount of damage once it works its way in. No doubt. And uh, of course, we're used to uh, rain, we're used to flooding, uh, but this is a whole nother level because it was torrential. And, uh, you know, you had the, the different uh, problems. You had the storm surge for the people in the low-lying areas. Right. You had the flooding from the rain. And then the wind uh, was just really, really uh, fierce. And, you know, Category 4, you know, there are homes everywhere with tarps. There are homes everywhere with trees down. Uh, some of my great listeners uh, have been uh, texting me their, you know, their pictures of their their damage and you know, it's we're, we're resilient people. We're going to get through it, and uh, we're going to come out stronger. But it's going to it's going to take a little bit of time. It was uh, it was a tough storm. Yeah, no doubt. You know, uh, Grand Isle. Uh, I haven't been there, but I understand it's you know it was really well known for its sandy beaches and fishing piers, and you know it's a real shame. Uh, let me ask you a question, right? So outside of William Jefferson stashing $100,000 in his freezer and Huey Long and all the corruption and how many Edwards were governor, like seven Edwards were governor of Louisiana, right? So, you know, it's less than that, but you know. Um, Latoya Contrell, the mayor of New Orleans, and then John Bell Edwards, you know, he reminds me of the bad guy in that Showtime series, Your Honor. You know, are, are, were these guys once again caught with their pants down like Ray Naggins and Kathy Blanco was calling off the National Guard, having the buses sit in the parking lot? Once you see that little swirl in the Gulf on Weather Nation, you know, don't you run? Like, what happened? There's no planning? You know, uh, LaToya Cantrell is uh, a terrible mayor. She is uh, incompetent. Uh, she has had a terrible record, David, all across the board. I mean, from you know dealing with the with the COVID issues to uh, her handling of city government, and 
she's just incompetent. And, uh, you know, now with, with this latest disaster, uh, I think we've all been very unimpressed with uh, the job she's done. Of course, she has an ideological soulmate in, uh, in the governor, John Bell Edwards. You know, the, the sad thing is we're, we're a red state, but we're saddled with a liberal governor and a liberal mayor. I mean, it's really odd. Uh, everybody else in state government's a Republican. Everybody else in Congress is a, a Republican, except for one uh, representative from uh, New Orleans. And uh, we've got these liberals that are just uh, so incompetent, and uh, they hurt us every time there is a, uh, a major disaster because uh, they're not very good leaders, and they cause uh, problems. So our recovery is going to be delayed because we've got to deal with Latoya Cantrell. And do you know what? We've got linemen down here from all over the country. And because Latoya Cantrell has a vaccine mandate, uh, these folks coming in from all over the country can't go in to get a drink, can't go in to get refreshments oh, without gosh. showing a vaccine mandate, uh, without showing their vaccine passport. Is that not ridiculous? That is I insane. Mean, it's obscene. It's obscene. Yeah, uh, well, that's that's the kind of leader Latoya Cantrell is. She's so proud of being progressive and, and right up there with New York and San Francisco <laughs> with her uh, vaccine uh, mandate. Yeah, and no doubt. Hey, I'd hey, rather have fixing the power lines. Right. Now, now, Jeff, you bring up an interesting point, because as you just said there, most of the people in government, what is it like? Probably 95 percent of the people in government are Republican, right? Is that what you're saying right. for, for the state of right. Louisiana? So are, are you saying that there could be some hijinks or shenanigans when it comes to certain offices somehow? <laughs> I mean, how does everybody down ticket go, yeah, Republican, Republican, Republican? Oh, but for governor, I got to go Democrat on this one. I, I, d that makes zero sense. Right. I, I wrote a column questioning the, uh, the results in the governor's race, and uh, I stand by that. Uh, the Republican challenger was ahead up until uh, – New Orleans uh, voter rolls were opened and all of a sudden his big lead evaporated and John Bell Edwards supposedly won by 40,000 votes. And then I did an analysis of the voting rolls in hmm. New Orleans. And it turns out that 90% uh, of the eligible voters are supposedly registered uh, in New Orleans, which is much higher than the national average. I think our, our voter rolls are filled with dead and people that have moved and uh, fictitious people. Ghost, and, uh, it ghost really rolls. They got to clean up the ghost <laughs> rolls. Same in Arizona. It's 30,000 extra voters just in Pima and Pinal County, south of Maricopa. Now there's an investigation there. Uh, I wanted to talk about really quick the uh, oil rig. There were 100 men stranded in the Gulf of Mexico. Has that been resolved? Yes. Uh, from what I understand, uh, it, it has. Uh, we had uh, several uh, incidents where, you know, we had people stranded, uh, uh, I don't know if you heard about the nursing home situation yeah. uh, where they put uh, people from a nursing home in a warehouse and uh, several people died there because of the, the horrible uh, conditions. Uh, we had uh, all kinds of various uh, emergency situations. Our 911 wasn't working, so we couldn't get uh, response uh, folks uh, to the scene on some of these issues. And by the way, one other issue, uh, guys, there's been looting in New Orleans with some of these people. Uh, because there's no power, right. and uh, and that's a, that's a story they're not talking about because they don't want it to get out to the uh, national press. But there has been uh, situations of looting that uh, is not getting reported uh, adequately, and we need to get the word out there that there are criminals on the loose. 
Mm-hmm. Rick, I just, I mean, um, Jeff, I just want to mention one thing. I read a story that a dispatcher was hanging up on 911 callers in Louisiana. That is correct, David. We had a, uh, a woman in New Orleans who works on the 911 system. People will be calling in. And, you know, there are emergencies every five seconds. I mean, there's constantly, you know, a carjacking, a, a, an armed robbery, a, right. something going on. And, and she was um, hanging up on people. Now, they're, they're looking for her. I don't know if they found her. The last I heard, she was still wanted. But um, that kind of person should be thrown under the jail. I mean, who knows how many people <laughs> died as a result of her hanging up on people and not uh, making sure emergency personnel got to the scene. It's, uh, it's a bad deal. And again, under LaToya Cantrell, we have 500 fewer cops than we should. Uh, response time is always bad slow, but when you got a dispatcher hanging up, you're going to have no response time because they're not even going to know of the emergency. Right. Yeah. And it just sounds like it's a horrible situation. And, you know, uh, what was it? Ronald Reagan said um, the nine most terrible words you'll ever want to hear is I'm from the government and I'm here to help. Yeah. Uh, yeah it sounds like what that's what you guys are living through. And it's not the best time to uh, be be living like that because, you know, the government, again, it's supposed to be there to help people. We were talking about this earlier in the first hour about how, you know, with a hurricane, you know it's coming. You've got a few days warning. Uh, you know, you, you got like the FEMA people that should be, you know, okay, let's gear up. Let's, let's plan for the worst. And if the worst doesn't happen, at least we're prepared for it. It sounds like the worst happened and they were not even close to being prepared. And FEMA has been criticized for being slow uh, to respond to this emergency. Uh, They should have had people ready to go. The second that storm got through the area, they should have been all over. And everybody I talked to has said it's been, uh, you know, slow. Some say it's been worse than it was during Katrina. Right. That was uh, heavily criticized uh, at that time. So, you know, we did one thing right. We got the levees right. We got the uh, protection from the waters coming into New Orleans, which is below sea level. But as far as FEMA uh, improving their game, making sure that they were quick uh, on the scene, I think there needs to be an investigation into uh, what happened. Right. And have you heard from Kanye West yet? Has he blamed anyone? (laughs) (laughs) No, uh, Kanye West uh, so far. uh, Well, it's Yee now. I don't think it's Kanye. He changed it to Yee. So it's Yee West. Sorry. Okay. Sorry, yeah, but thanks so, for the correction, Jeff. I appreciate that. Dave? <laughs> yeah, uh, listen, I, I want you to be safe. What's going on down there uh, is typical. You know, uh, it's uh, really uh, definitely criminal um, that, you know, if Trump was in office, they would have been all over him. They, they destroyed George W. Bush, who we had more helicopter rescues in the first four days than in the history of the United States. And he did move. Uh, but I don't, I don't feel like I felt that that happened in this storm. No, Biden's standing here today, but, uh, you know, I think uh, the response has been um, very questionable. And I think a lot of people are going to be wondering, you know, why it wasn't uh, quicker when we knew this thing uh, was going to be hitting. And we know it's going to be uh, devastating because we've right. got towns that are uh, very vulnerable in this, uh, in this state. And that was a category four. That was the biggest storm to hit the state since 1850, bigger than Katrina. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, I think uh, look into what happened. Yeah, amazing stuff. And Jeff Cruer, thank you for joining us. You can catch Jeff every weekday morning, 8 a.m. right here on Real America's Voice. Check out his show, Ringside Politics. And uh, again, Jeff, thank you for joining us on such short notice. And, and, you know, considering the situation you're in down there, stay safe Mm -hmm. and all the best to you, my friend. Take care, Jeff. Okay, my
Thank you, guys. All right, Jeff Cruer, Ringside Politics. Check him out weekdays, 8 a.m., right here on Real America's Voice. We'll take a quick break, come back, finish up the show right after this. Stay there. from Studio 6B on Real America's Voice. And uh show flew by today again, Dan. It's a lot of exciting stuff going on, and uh, we're exposing the bad. Yeah. And um, we're bringing you the good, like this woman from Colorado, right? Right. And, of course, you can catch David's show Saturday mornings. Give your plug, David. Uh, breaking Point with David Zier on Real America's Voice News, uh, 8 a.m. on Saturday mornings. And uh, we have great guests, great coverage. And, Who do you got coming uh, up tomorrow morning? Um, well, I'm still going to, tomorrow I'm running a rerun from last week for Labor Day. Last week I had okay. Frank Gaffney, former Assistant Secretary of Defense. I had Adam Weissam, AMW PR, PR guy to the, uh, you know, Trumps and everybody else, Kim Guilfoyle, you name it. Um, and then I have some really great people, um, on there as well. So check it out. we got great interviews. Um, we're always prepared and getting the real news out to the American public. And we're tired of being told we're bad people for being good. All right. There you have it. Breaking Point with David Zier, Saturday mornings at 8 a.m. right here at Real America's Voice. Uh, we'll do some sports in just a few moments, but there's one clip here I definitely want to get in uh, before we run out of time, and it comes from Gerald Martin. He was talking to a school board. Check this out. Cut number seven, G. Uh, thank you all. Good My afternoon. Name is Gerald Martin, and I had something prepared here, but um, as I sat here and I was just listening and watching the whole, the whole optics, Everything started out with the Pledge of Allegiance. One nation, under God, indivisible. Then we divided. It's, it's said that there's two sides to everything. We saw one side. We saw doctors that had one position, but we didn't give anybody else an opportunity. to. to even back in the old days, it was like four out of five doctors agree. But we have five out of five doctors. And um, all I can say is, um, welcome to racism. You know, when I was a kid, back in the 60s, hey, it was a racist country, right? My mom and dad, we drive to Tennessee from Texas, and my mom could not use the restroom. She had to go around the building and use the bathroom outside. Now, I'm, I'm sure that many of those business owners didn't have hatred in their heart. They weren't racist. But the mob was all about racism. So they would get canceled if they let a black person eat in their restaurant. So if you're black, you go to the back of the bus. You can't eat in the restaurant. You go around the back and we'll serve you on the back. Well, I didn't comply with that. I grew up believing that people are good. And so many white people, Hispanic people, helped me get to success in my life. Because in their heart, they weren't racist just because they're white. And so I learned that racism is discrimination. Whenever we discriminate, that's racism. Telling my child to put a mask on, mandating that my child wear a mask, where's my check? Pay me because if you're not gonna provide for my children, don't tell my children what to do. 
You're not welcome in my home. You don't get to come in my house and tell and dictate what our children can and cannot do. Now, listen, I'm not against the mask. If a person says, take my freedoms, God bless America. They've got the right to give up their freedoms. So if you want to give it up, give it up. But don't touch me and mine. You know, we hate racism so much that you all even went against your own guidelines and for equality. You know where, where it is, right? You chose a superintendent over equality because in your heart, you know, racism is wrong. So you guys went against your own standards and decided to put a plan together over equality. Well, you know what? I say the equality is let people make their own decisions. I'm not even asking. Matter of fact, opt out? We can just choose not to comply altogether. Your time is up, please wrap it up. Not to comply to the mass, just like I chose not to comply with racism. Again, pretty powerful, Gerald Martin to his uh, local school board there, David. Yeah, yeah, um, and wise, and I, I bet he would give a great speech on critical race theory. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know? oh, yeah. Hey, uh, David, you're, you seem like you're shrinking. My chair's yeah. deflating. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go to let's go to sports. Slick Rick, what do you got? All right, Rick, real quick. A um, couple of more scores here. Uh, it's Mets right now, 2-0 over the Nationals. Bottom of the seventh, Major League Baseball. Bottom of the eighth, Yankees and Orioles tied at two down in the Bronx. Uh, Red Sox, 8-3 over the Indians. Bottom of the seventh. Rangers, 0-0 in the top of the first uh, with the Angels. And Dodgers, Giants, also top of the first just underway. Bottom third, Braves and Rockies tied at two. Oscar De La Hoya reported on him last night. Yeah. Well, guess what? What's He's going on? out of his bout with Vita, Be- Vitor Belfort uh, due to COVID. Evander what? Holyfield, the great legendary heavyweight champion of all time there, is going to be standing in. De La Hoya has tested positive for COVID-19. TMZ, those aficionados reporting. Evander Holyfield has agreed to take De La Hoya's place and fight for Vita Vitor Belfort's on September 11th. The fight will need approval from the California State Athletic Commission. However, late word came down tonight. The fight's being moved to Florida. They're going to fight down at the Hard Rock, which is a beautiful hotel right in Miami. And um, Hollywood, Florida, I should say. Miami, Hollywood. And uh, that'll be pay-per-view and a thriller event. So I'm looking forward to seeing that. I think Holyfield's more exciting, honestly, than De La Hoya. So now, we'll is Holyfield, uh, is he even in shape? Uh, I mean, Yeah, he's, he, oh, he's in great shape now. Uh, he's, been, he's been training very hard. He is now 58 years old. Uh, he looks fantastic. Another guy who looks like he's not even 50. And, uh, yeah, he was getting ready for a Tyson bout, Rick. So uh, he is definitely ready to go. He's stepping in. Right. De La Hoya, who's 48, well, we'll see what happens with him. Maybe he'll be back. And and this weekend, you're not going to want to miss some great men's NCAA TV on football on TV. Uh, Penn, number 19, Penn State, and number 12, Wisconsin, will be on Fox at noon. Number two, Oklahoma at Tulane. That'll be on ABC also at noon. Good game tomorrow night. Number five, Georgia, the Bulldogs, the Dogs, and the Clemson Tigers, number three, from Charlotte, North Carolina. And then you're going to catch Sunday night, September 5th, great game, 730. Number nine, Notre Dame, taking on FSU down in Tallahassee, and they're going to 
be honoring the late legendary coach Bobby Bowden, one of my all-time favorite college coaches who passed away earlier in the year. So it should be fun. NASCAR Monster Energy Cup playoffs, Rick. Uh, that'll be Sunday night, 6 p.m. at Darlington, South Carolina, the Darlington Raceway. Well, we're going to have a lot to report on Monday night. Looking forward to that. Back to you, Rick. All right. Thank you, Rick. And uh, let's go right to Crazy Town. I promised it. I almost forgot. Here we go from Wednesday. And in case this is new to you, then enjoy the show. You guys work for us in in this uh, environment. You answer to us. And I'm asking that you do not pass this policy in Virginia. Thank you so much, Ms. Thomas. We do appreciate you. Here we go. Phil McCracken. <laughs> Phil McCracken. <laughs> Is that a request? I don't know. Sulk. Sook. Mahidic. <laughs> Ophelia McHawk. <laughs> Ophelia McHawk. <laughs> I leaned over. <laughs> Come on, you have to know, bro. I leaned over. He can't be serious. Dude, you have to know. Don Kiddick. <laughs> Don Kiddick. Say it slowly in our audience. You'll figure it out. Wayne Kerr. <laughs> Wayne Kerr. He's an Englishman. You're a winker. Yes, Wayne Kerr. Yes, Wayne Kerr. I think oh, I think that, that name fits you fine, sir. And with that, that puts on a wrap onto this edition of Live from Studio 6B. Thank you for joining us. Enjoy your long holiday weekend. Uh, of course, thank you for watching. And as always, we salute everyone in our military, active and retired, our first responders, EMTs, firefighters, police, everybody serving on the front lines, the nurses as well. We'll be doing some stuff with them next week. Uh, also, everybody here on the show, David, Slick Rick, happy birthday once again. Fran and Gio in the booth. Paul and Damon as well. They'll be back on Tuesday. Till then, have a great weekend. We will see you on Tuesday. Peace.